Welcome to the Build Up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for further information. Kevin, we're entering a very busy period, obviously, over uh, Christmas. We've talked about it before in the podcast, how you were saying about how you enjoy all the games coming up um, one after the other, not having to train as much. But I suppose Christmas probably was bittersweet, though, as well. Do you know, is it one aspect you don't miss of... uh, professional football that you had to be out ready to go on Stephen's day again and maybe being able to spend a bit, a bit more time with your family is actually an enjoyable thing to do yeah you, you know I got you get used to it I remember my first Christmas in England um, I've been used to obviously having Christmas off League of Ireland we, we summer soccer I moved to England 20 21 and um, my first Christmas on a bus train Christmas morning on a bus Christmas Eve to go to some hotel up the country somewhere and um, been really depressed about it but then the next day Stephen's day game um, and loving it and the atmosphere it's a different atmosphere the game Stephen said it's a happy jolly atmosphere family sort of everyone's out the atmosphere is great in the grounds everyone just seems a bit seems to be a bit less pressure a bit more joy in the air and it, you, you sense that on the pitch I always really enjoyed the matches all over Christmas um, once you got Christmas day out of, out of the way and again later on I didn't I enjoyed it you went to training ground as depressing as it may sound, when it's training on Christmas morning, it's good atmosphere to train around. You try to get it done quick, in and out, get home, get your dinner. Um, you get, it's like anything, you get used to it, it becomes your, your way of life, and it's you just it's the norm. Um, and there's no point in being depressed about it, or, you know, because you just have to do it, and you try to make the most of it. And I think most of the players, you know, puts a smile on their face. The manager always seems to have a smile on his face, and the staff around the place. Um, yeah, you make the most of it, and I said, the atmosphere to games. That is what I missed. I missed. Uh, I missed when I went to America. I missed still. It's those few games more than more than uh, more than anything else. I'd say regarding uh, in football, that little bit of a buzz around Christmas. Um, and then on the other hand, I love having Christmas. <laughs> I love being home, eating what I want, drinking what I want, being around the family, and not having to move. So yeah, it's uh, both ways. I know I've sort of not given you a great it's a great a- answer on that one, but that is just the way it is. It's such a kind of a, like, there's such a great tradition around that. And for so many people, Christmas is kind of, even in terms of us fans, like, you know, so much of it is wrapped up in watching football. And that you, that atmosphere does even come true on the TV and stuff like that. Do you think yeah. there, do you think we're heading, though, towards, like, everything is so sanitized now and so protected and so international almost like that we're... Do you think, like, the Klopp and Peps of the world are going to have their way sooner rather than later and we're just going to have a nice winter break and oh. we're going to spend Christmas talking to people and watching old films and no, no football? Um, I, I don't think so because I think money wins out and the TV companies love the games around Stephen's Day and all and the viewing figures and we love sitting on the sofa and watching them. Um, like, I enjoy that now, sitting on the day after and one watching the game so I just think that'll win over um, it's such a tradition in England I think there should be a winter break but maybe the first two weeks of January or something like that um, you know but not the actual Christmas games I think they're too they're too important to everyone and I said if the staff and the players don't actually you know don't mind them um, maybe the, maybe some of the staff or maybe people have a different opinion but I think you generally speak to them everyone really enjoys the buzz and once you're used to it you get the first year or two of out of the way and it becomes the norm. It's, it's not an issue. I know the coaches, other you know, traditions coming in are used to having it off, but um, if you want to play in England, you have to accept it. Did you ever get any nice presents of some of your uh, your your colleagues? I know Peter Crouch was talking before about getting Rafa Benitez and Secret Santa and he bought him Jose Mourinho's book on how to win the Premier League. <laughs> 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 I never got anything as good as that. 
bad. No, that's a great one. I'm not. Never involved. That we never got presents. Never did secret Santa's nothing at the club. Um, no, the young, the young player or the young underage teams have to come in and sing a song for the first team or something. But that was about it. No, no, sing never got any presents. No, <laughs> we're really, I was really excited. That must mean I was a Scrooge. Or I was at Scrooge Club, but we never exchanged <laughs> gifts or did any of that side of it. Uh, just talk about the this week's uh, games and actually the games going at the weekend. There was something I kind of was looking at. I've watched. I saw a by chance happened to see a couple of the Southampton games in recent weeks, and Shane Long came on against Watford at half time, played really well. Was kind of he didn't get any goals, but he was kind of really involved in the way Southampton changed up and managed to get back into that yeah. game. The same at West Ham at the weekend. He started, played well, but again didn't get on the score sheet and it's kind of one of those things it's it's odd when you're a striker like that if you're not getting goals because if you look at the other hand uh, another Irish striker in David McGoldrick Sheffield United are going well he's not scoring goals but people are actually literally writing tactical analysis about him how important he is to the team and I was looking at the two going probably not much difference there they're both like I think definitely since Long's come back into the team Southampton have had a bit more it's coincided with them playing much better um or unlucky if they got that win against Newcastle winning and conceding two so late that was a big blow to them um, yeah I, you know I was a bit like that at times in my career as well the same year you're trying to do so much and it, you know it's, it's who the team you're playing for so, so David McGoldrick Longy they're both playing for you know, cause I haven't been struggling for a good few years Sheffield United it's tough for them up in the Premier League so they're being asked to do a role um, which suits them suits Longy to run around and win headers and you know sprinting behind and do all that I thought to do everything because they're under so much pressure at times and then without focusing on being you know centre forward in the box score goals it's 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 a fine line between um, doing one thing and not doing the other and getting it right getting the balance right and when you're in the bottom fighting for your life sometimes you can't do everything and um, but as a striker it's so important to, to keep notching get a goal take a penalty do something keep yourself every you know, few games on the score sheet because that allows you then the freedom to do what David and Longy are doing without the scrutiny of, you know, well, he hasn't scored in a few months or whatever it may be. So, um, but for those teams to survive, they need centre forwards who are doing what David and Longy are doing, but then they need other people to score goals. But what they, Shane and David are doing is allowing Southampton to play well or allowing Sheffield United to play well and other players to get up pitch and other players to get goals um, because of the work they're doing. But, Sometimes some people don't see that. I think the manager obviously sees it. Sheffield United, the manager obviously sees it for Ireland with David McGoldrick, the manager. Southampton has seen it with Longy at the moment. He's allowing other players to play well by what he's doing. Unfortunately, they will get sick because they're not scoring themselves. And on paper, they're down as a centre-forward. But realistically, they're everywhere. Um, it just happens that on the lineup, they're down as centre-forward. They put their midfielder out wide on the wing. Longy's chasing here, there and everywhere. He's in behind. You just love him to... Um, to be able to put a bit of, you know, put the cherry on top, put the ice on top of the gig or whatever the saying goes, to to notch a goal. You don't have to score every game, but just score every three or four and it just stops that talk about he's a striker who does so much without scoring. So, um, But it's a tough one because, you know, if he just goes, you know, this game I'm going to just hang out in the box and not do all that work and doesn't score that game, he won't play the next game. But like, well, he hasn't done anything for us today. He's not doing his normal work and then he's not scoring. So, um We'd love to see either of them in a top team and see how they get on when they don't have to do some of the the other work and they can save their energy and their their um, I suppose save their you know concentrate on just movement in the box and scoring goals. Because David McGoldrick has scored plenty of goals in career, Longy has scored plenty of goals in her career. Just the last couple of years, 
with Longy anyway had been I suppose pigeonholed into doing other things and forgetting about I suppose just the goal scoring side of it a bit or not you know when you've done that much work that he goes through and then you do get a chance not only you just like well this is the one chance I might get a game because I'm playing for Southampton and we don't create too many chances so I have to take this chance so that pressure is on you to take the one chance he might get but also he's probably knackered so his concentration levels mentally fatigued to actually be calm and finish um, wouldn't be as wouldn't be there as much as someone who maybe doesn't put the same level of effort into other parts of our game. So listen, it's a it's a tough one to get the balance right. Um, he has done in other stages of his career. Probably at the moment, he's a bit too much trying to help them. Mm. You know, just get himself in the team and show that he's doing everything he can work wise to to be in the team without being a bit more selfish. And but it, you know, it's difficult. Um, and then if he gets a goal or two. And Longy's very a bit streaky like that. When he gets a goal or two, he scores. In, you know, he'll score for ten games or whatever. And he did it at the end of last season. He got a good run of goals um, coming up to the end of the season with Sampson. So surprised he didn't start this season. He, he finished in good form. Yeah. And then maybe the Ireland thing getting dropped out of that squad affected his um, affected him because that was a big shock, a big shock to me, and anyway, a big shock to a lot of people because he said he finished last season quite strong. He's mixed. You know, he's suit Mick down to the ground. I remember playing against. Um, Playing for Wolves against West Brom when Long was there, and Mick was raving about Shane. I saw surprised when he didn't uh, he didn't make him sort of a central part of his plans. Um, so that would obviously have affected Shane. But he seemed to say in the last few weeks he's been excellent for Southampton without getting that goal. Just to, mm. you know, stop us talking about it. I suppose. <laughs> I'm just wondering how much it affects. Like you mentioned, you went through a few spells like that yourself, yeah. but you are doing that unseen work. But I just like. When you're not getting that goal, it it can be as much from the the crowd and the media as anything else. But does it affect your own confidence on how you actually? Play? I'm looking at like Wesley for Villa at the moment, for example. At the start of the season, he was kind of finding his feet a little bit. He was nabbing the odd little goal, and he became a very effective player for a while. But the longer the drought's going, I think he hasn't scored in like ten games now or something like that. The less effective I find he's becoming actually within yeah. the match as well. Like he's not all the work that we're talking about, Long and McGoldrick doing. Like it's not it's not that he's not working, but I just find that it's like he doesn't trust himself in any part of his game anymore because he isn't yeah. getting that odd goal. You know. Yeah, it depends on what the manager and, and what people are saying to him. You know, again, you're doing all the other work and you haven't scored no any. And I suppose maybe things like you know what I'm not going to do. That. I'm going to stay in the box and try to get a goal or two. So then these other parts of his game go downhill because he's just not doing them. He's trying to concentrate on getting a goal or two, and he's he will. You're. I think the longest I went was eight or nine games without a goal. Um, once you get to double figures, people start talking about yeah. But I always managed to just about stem the <laughs> the side and nick one somewhere along the line to end that run. So um, yeah, you're a striker, you know, and, and it's you're growing up scoring goals, and it it will affect you. It definitely affects you. <laughs> I don't know if it's as bad now. It, it, it's less and less centre-forwards that are meant, aren't meant to get 30 goals. as either. Yeah, Jamie Vardy, I suppose, an exception. But more and more now, it's wingers are getting as many goals as centre-forwards. Yeah. It used to be the wingers. It was all about assists. And the winger, you'd never see you know, getting more than four or five goals. And um, now the wingers are all about, you know, it's 4 3 3 4 5 one The wingers are as much goal scorers as the centre-forwards. And it's all about, you know, they rotate. The centre-forward ends up on the wing. Winger ends up centre-forward. You're moving about all the time. You're all closing together, pressing together. So, become less pressure maybe on a centre forward to be the one where we need a guy to score twenty or thirty goals a season. Um, that doesn't really happen too often now. Um, it's spread out a bit more. Um, so, 
you know, you, you have to tell yourself all this psychologically as opposed to the player. Um, I'm doing all this other stuff. You know, you, if you can get yourself to double figures in all competitions or whatever it might be, I think you've had a fairly good season now if you're a forward anywhere across the front line. Um, and uh, that, that's what the aim would be, I think. You know, um, in Jamie Vardy's an exception. Mm. Leicester sort of plays the way he plays, really. And um, but you know, there's not too many. You know, even the top teams like Aguero was is quite obviously he's getting older. I'm trying to think of someone else who's getting maybe Kane at goals. times. Like yeah, but Kane, not, not I suppose. Yeah, much, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's trying to be technically a ten one. Yeah, Kane is one, um, but he's going to cost a hundred and something million. He's going to play, <laughs> yeah. So well, as Roy Keane says, um, just buy him. You're Manchester United. <laughs> you yeah. know, just just get him. Just get on the phone and buy Harry yeah. Kane. Easy as that. Um, <laughs> if I could just uh, stick with like Villa for a second, I've probably been a bit self indulgent here, but I was watching them against uh, against Sheffield United on Saturday, and it it's it, it's just I'm just interested in your own experience in this. Like, it's fascinating to watch how a team can just lose its confidence based on how kind of results are going. So earlier in the season, maybe results aren't going well, but they're playing well, they're running Liverpool close yeah. at home. They probably should have at least drawn that they match if not won it. And yeah. that was kind of happening every week. And now you just watch them a few defeats in a row and you, uh, you know you, you watch them live and suddenly it's a completely different football team. It's long balls. It's I don't know whether it's yeah. a manager panicking or a team that just has no confidence left and doesn't feel that they're they're able to compete anymore and these things can change over the course of the season and probably five or six teams will go through it over the years so it's not even Villa specific but what? how does an entire mentality of a team change over the course of a couple of weeks just based on results? Uh, it's amazing I've seen it happen plenty of times I've been involved with it plenty of times it, it goes like right so Villa have done well but we haven't won games and they'll be sitting down and talking about it you know listen we did this right and that right brilliant and they'll continue with that for four six weeks yeah we're going to stick to the plan and then all of a sudden, the manager will go, well, I'm sick of that. We're getting beat. We're doing all what we said we're doing. We're still getting beat. We come in, you'll have a meeting, right? We're going back to basics. So don't get caught on the ball the back. Don't baddy, baddy back. Get rid of it. Get it forward. Just get everyone behind the ball when we don't have it. And, you know, it'll look awful, but hopefully we'll grab a result from somewhere. And that, that I think that's you know, pretty simple sounding for me there, but that's sort of the way it goes. Yeah. Um, managers lose confidence in the way they want the team to play. Maybe a player or two gets injured players would be moaning and bickering. Everything would become an issue. Um, you know, you'd be watching videos and stuff that would never be brought up or mentioned would suddenly become what, you know, and you'll have, a, I suppose, like any work or any job, you'll have a stupid maybe meeting that should last five minutes will end up lasting two hours over something that's complete nonsense and it'll mean nothing in a couple of days' time, but all of a sudden it's the most important thing in the world because, you know, Something didn't go right on the pitch, mm. but it didn't really doesn't really have anything to do whether whether you're winning or losing games. But everything becomes a big issue. Um, and I said, managers, I've seen it with loads. You know, right? Just listen, forget about that, lad. We're going to go out today. We're putting everyone behind the ball. I want you here, here, here. If in doubt, put it up the pitch. Bloody, yeah. bloody, bloody. And that must be really you know, disheartening, is it? Like as a player, if you're um, there and you've gone through your preseason, you've done everything, and it's a plan. You I trust don't. the manager, and then he throws it all out straight away. I think yeah, you get so used to it happening. <laughs> You're waiting for it to come. You're chatting among yourselves like how much longer that silly just um, <laughs> silly, you know, forgets about that and we're back to basics, you know. And uh, it, yeah, we've seen it happen loads. It'll happen forevermore. Um, I don't like to pigeonhole, but I would imagine it happens more with English-based managers or English mm. I and mean, Irish, you know, older school maybe managers than 
than uh, more foreign coaches, but that doesn't mean, um, you know, that I just looking at coaches coming from Spain or at least seem to stick to the, the same philosophy. And then they get given out about for saying, well, they need to, can't, you know, they're trying to play out in stupid situations or they're trying to do things that they shouldn't do. Um, I think English managers are more pragmatic at times, maybe to their downfall and just like, listen, get rid of it. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, teams lose confidence happens during the season and it just takes a win or two in that situation and it's amazing the difference on a Monday morning um, when you come in and all of a sudden you don't have that meeting to discuss you know why you conceded this goal or that goal or whatever you've won a game everyone's happy and all of a sudden people start playing well and it can turn it's whether it's whether the owners have the patience to let it turn or the manager has patience not to you know change again because I've seen it change you know, it goes out the window every week, different theories, different stories, how we're going to play, right, this is how we're going to play, and a week later, right, this is how we're going to play. And um, I know it sounds childish, you know, but that is, that is how, it, uh, how it happens. Um, it's funny. You there's can see, pressure on people to get results that they try anything. You can see um, a kind of theme of confidence in teams as well in the two big matches this weekend. You've got Man City against Leicester on Saturday evening. Man City possibly coming just off the back of that, you know, they, they seem to be over that bump in the road that they had in terms of um, getting yeah. there were a couple of results they'd suffered and then Spurs against Chelsea on Sunday a few weeks ago before uh, Mr Mourinho came in this looked like you know Spurs would be battling around 10th place and Chelsea flying high now all of a sudden Chelsea can't seem to buy a win in the Premier League they're doing okay in Europe but uh, this is now they're only a few points behind and Spurs could be catching Chelsea for that fourth spot Yeah I fancy Spurs in that game now all of a sudden um, you know you were, we were talking just before we were recording about who I'd pick for a bet um, and I've changed my mind actually now thinking about that I'm going to go for Spurs uh, that's my bet of the week Spurs to beat um, Chelsea um, Man City either back in form of it but then is that because they played such a bad Arsenal team um, yeah you know <laughs> 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 um, you know it's a great team it was a great team to be playing to get back in form um, but yeah I'd fancy I'd fancy Spurs to, to win that game Chelsea Chelsea are hot and cold like we're going so well and then they've had a couple of silly results um, but they're more they're more I think a building project or whatever for Frank Lampard I think Mourinho is more about now I want to win everything now um, it's not about long term and uh, I can see him like we spoke about a few weeks ago like you get him into the Champions League places and they're still in the actual Champions League you could win the bloody thing with him as manager um, so yeah yeah no you know Spurs fans will be looking very happy. I know a lot of them are happy with Pochettino getting back, but I think they'll all be quite satisfied now with how things have gone in the first few weeks. And it's just whether Ozermino maintains his senses or his his <laughs> um, maintains his whatever. Who doesn't go cracked like he <laughs> like he can do? He can just keep keep like Jurgen Klopp, like a man who would be under a lot of pressure, and it never really shows. He's every interview, everything. He's a gentleman. He talks sense. Um, you know, he doesn't seem to ever become cracked under pressure. And speaking about managers who, who change things around, Liverpool weren't playing that well for a good few weeks. They're still getting wins. And there's a man who didn't change. He didn't make subs. He didn't, like he was bringing people on. He was leaving team. Didn't, maybe in the 85th minute he was making a few changes. But he trusted his players and let them at it. And that, that really does transfer onto the pitch. Um, you know, I, keep, I go back to him. I'd love, I'd love to have played for Jurgen Klopp. Yeah. He seems to be a real... How are you? Players manager, but um, yeah, back to that. I think 
think uh, I think Spurs will beat Chelsea going all the way back to where we started in that conversation yeah, 27 to 20 on Labrooks.com they're two good games to look forward to this weekend and obviously we've got loads of football coming up over the Christmas I hope you enjoy it Kevin and uh, take a bit of time to rest don't be worried about them Stephen's game, day's game as he said it'd be good to be at home and eat what you want drink what you want I'll be feet up watching them lads box of chocolates and a bit of alcohol good stuff thanks Kevin cheers lads thanks bye Excellent stuff there from Kevin, but Mick, you stole my. You went in, you got your two Aston Villa questions in. I wanted to ask about. I wanted to ask about Leeds, but I didn't get, to be fair, it was the exact same theme because I'm thinking of Patrick Bamford, a player who again was getting uh, lambasted at Leeds for not scoring enough goals. And any game you see him taken off, the Leeds team fall apart, which they did at the weekend against Cardiff, having been three 0 up, albeit Bamford is back scoring. Go- He's doing both now. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's, it is I, weird the way that players just don't get appreciated sometimes yeah. as, as in strikers or what they're doing in open play just because they're not getting goals yeah. Kevin was definitely one of them I thought a little bit you know what I mean he was always really important to the team but he was maybe like an 11 goal a season kind of guy but I think it's when you slip down a little bit from that when you kind of go to the three or four goals or just and you're when, playing up front yeah. you just need to contribute a little bit more than that like but uh, like I remember when he was when Kevin was in his prime like he was holding the team together like glue like you know yeah. what I mean and, and, and players were scoring off him and everything like that Niall Quinn, like how many time, how many seasons did he have where his strike partner would be one of the top scorers in the Premier League? Like, yeah, exactly, and it is all I think to do with how the team is doing because it's, McGoldrick and Long are the perfect examples where like Sheffield United are playing well, they're up top half of the table, and this exact same type of work is getting loaded. Yeah, and um, but did you look at other guys then? Like, there is other types of strikers that if they're not scoring goals, they're there's a crisis straight away. If Tammy Abraham goes three games without a goal for Chelsea, yeah, there'll be like he'll be gone. You know what I mean? And it's not to say that like he'll have another chance, but he's a goal scorer. That's what he does. You know what I mean? So we talk about Harry Kane. Like we've had this discussion for weeks actually. And Sean, um, who'll be in later on, is the biggest com- uh, proponent of it. Like you know, Harry Kane getting the box. Stop. It's what you're good for. Stop trying to be a number ten and be a number nine. But at the same time, if Harry Kane doesn't have more to his game then what if he doesn't score for four games? Yeah. What's he doing for you then, you know? It's like Guardiola and Aguero, that, how, how was that relationship yeah. as well where you need him to do more. Um, this week, like I said, it's 27-20 uh, with Kevin's prediction on Labrooks for Spurs to beat Chelsea. He was very close last week. He'd gone for a score draw in Wolves and Spurs. Oh, so close. I had one all and the one 2 free as well, yeah. uh, which, uh, again, when I, was, I was tearing my hair out when Lucas Moore scored that brilliant goal. It is time to play one 2 free again. It's your chance to win €100 Euro cash on labrooks.com. By correctly predicting the score of three of this weekend's Premier League games, you can play it for absolutely free. It costs nothing to play. This weekend's games are Man City against Leicester, Watford against Man United and Tottenham against Chelsea we'll start with the Saturday evening game Mick City-Leicester tough one to call yeah this is like every part of me wants to pick Leicester to at least get a result here but I just somehow feel that City against the top teams which Leicester now are you know generally find a way and do you know what though it's very hard to see that like Vardy and Tielemans and Madison and all this won't Iacho rip well. that Ian Acho back in form won't, won't rip this like city defense to shreds. Do you remember this game last season though? Like it was all the hope of the world was of the Liverpool world was on Brendan Rodgers and Leicester in form Leicester going and company getting that goal in Ian Acho missing a sitter as well. It's the Ian Acho sitter yeah. against this whole club that's forgotten about. But I, I actually think if you kind of think back of like all the Premier League games big games that you think over the years you know 
that one will kind of be forgotten about because it was a 1-0. But, uh, like, it was as big as you get. Like, I yeah. don't remember a game that you lived on every moment of as much, especially as a neutral that didn't really have any skin in the game. Anyway, I think City will find a way to win this game. I don't think they have as much pressure as they had on them last April or May or whenever it was. And uh, I, I do. Leicester will have to score. Like, they'll just have to against that City defence. Yeah. I'm really torn here. Do you want to go first? I'm going to say... I think 2-1 to City. Right, okay. And 2-1 is my natural score, but I'm thinking 3-2. 3-2? 3-2, yeah. And I've gone 2-1 next game up. No, I'm changing that to 2-all, actually. 2-all? Yeah. Oh, he's going, for a, he's going for a result for Leicester. Leicester, you can't be writing them off, like. No. When was the last time they were beating the Liverpool match, which was the last second dive from Sadio Mane? Yeah. Shh, don't say it out loud. Sorry, sorry. I didn't mean that. It wasn't a dive. Sadio Mane never, never dived. No, Liverpool players never dive. Um, Watford against Man United this is a game that uh, that only the purists the real football purists will be looking forward to <laughs> uh, this is a team why that, would the purists like this game uh, well sorry the f- <laughs> football diehards yeah. I don't know what like, blinded to <laughs> by, uh, their love of football uh, this is a team that can't play against teams that sit back against a team that are undoubtedly going to just sit back uh, mm, I find it interesting though I think this could be a nil all draw there yeah. I've said it nil all it's new Watford manager Nigel Pearson versus future washer, Watford manager Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And um, they have been playing a bit better. Like they, were, like they weren't unlucky to lose 2-0 to, to Liverpool, but they kind of hung in there with them, Watford did, and yeah. looked a kind of a more solid team. As you know, they love a draw. They yep. can get them against the bigger teams. They actually have been playing way better against top teams this year than they have against the bottom teams, which shows you the actual talent that's there. By rights, they're probably up there with United, like, you know, as in in the kind of fifth to eighth range. They're not going to get there this season. But at the same time, I've gone with a lot of draws for United in this type of game over the year, over the months, and they do seem to find a way to get them. I think they'll win this 1-0. 1-0? Yeah, United 1-0. And then the big one, Spurs against Chelsea. I had three Chelsea players in my fancy football team not three weeks ago, and I'm now down to zero, Mick. Right. The, it's a small number. The arse has fallen out of them. I don't know what's going on. Um, where do you see this going? No, they only managed to beat Villa in the last few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> that was <laughs> a comfortable win. I see Spurs winning this game. I see them winning a 2-1. 2-1. Mm. I don't know. It's very hard. So Chelsea's form lost 1-0 to Bournemouth, lost 3-1 to Everton, beat Aston Villa, lost 1-0 to West Ham. In the middle of all that, though, they've beaten Lille. And I mean, it takes a good team to beat Lille, Mick. <laughs> I'm, here, I'm, I'm stalling for time here before we got my mind. And they drew four all. I'm going to say, it's Jose going back, Jose going back to... Ch- oh. uh, it's not really, it's in, uh, it's in the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. They're welcoming back Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, one all, one all. I'm going to, one geez, all. I've, got, I've got two draws here, an it all draw and a one all draw. It's not going to be a super Sunday, but... Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to say one all. I think Chelsea will get up for it. Frank against his former his former manager. Um, I think this is the one where they kind of turn around or they, they, they agree to settle this Champions League dispute another day and both the teams will be happy with a draw. Okay, fair enough. There you go. You can play Labrooks 1-2-3 yourself. Right now, get on to labrooks.com. If you get all three rights, you win €100 Euro cash. But even if you only get one, you'll get a Euro free bet. And if you get two right, you get a €5 Euro free bet. So get on to Labrooks right now and play 1-2-3. To subscribe to the full Build Up podcast, search The Build Up on Balls on all good podcast apps.